In today's episode, I chat with Carly. Carly is a life and weight loss coach, and I stumbled upon her content on Instagram one day when I was scrolling on an early morning. Um, I contacted her to see if she'd be interested in chatting with me, and I'm so glad that she was. We had a great chat today, um, and I was so inspired by our conversation, I actually decided to prep the entire episode um, and bump it up in terms of releasing it. So I hope you enjoy. Let me know what you think. How are you? I'm doing good. How about you? Good. Thanks for meeting me this Friday morning. Of course. Uh, Is it raining where you are? Uh, Yeah, it's a pretty nasty morning out there. (laughs) Um, all right. So do you want to tell folks a little bit about you maybe as we start? I'm sure. Well, I'm Carly Tizano. I am a certified life and weight loss coach, and I specifically help women who struggle to reach their big goals set and keep New Year's resolutions this year and every year. Um, and I love um, going on long walks and reading books and baking cookies. And so I'm a pretty cozy at home kind of person. And I love that's kind of the life that I've always wanted to create. And so I love helping other people create the life that they want, whether that's um, they want to write a book or they want to run a marathon or they want to do any other big or small goals and um, just really create that life that they want to live into. That's wonderful. That's amazing. Um, I baked three things last night between oh finishing work and midnight. I just went on like a big <laughs> baking spree last night. What did you make? Uh, I make mince pie. My partner is Irish. So it's very Christmassy for him. Um, And then I made these Brazilian cheesy bread type things. Mm. I think they're called Pau de Queijo. And I also made some amaretti cookies. Oh, yummy. Yeah, it was (laughs) a lot of of almond flour last night. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But it was all really good. Yeah, Uh, so lots of that. Um, All right. So how would you typically start a session with someone? Oh, with a client? Um. A lot of times it just starts with the question of like, well, is there anything in particular you want to be coached on today? Because a lot of times in between sessions with people, they'll have kind of one big event that came up or a recurring theme that they saw a lot of days, like if they were supposed to run and exercise five days to build up for that marathon. And then they found that four out of the five days they didn't go. They found some other excuse, some reason not to go. So whether it's a big issue or something like that, that they see is kind of smaller, but recurring. Um, that's something that they'll want to talk about. And if not, I'm always prepared with questions um, or a topic for us to discuss and to go deeper into. Um, and especially as we go on through more and more sessions, I have an idea of what people need. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'd love to be able to bring that. But if they have something that is kind of front of mind for them, I really want to start off by addressing that. And then we normally go into talking about kind of what their big struggle for the week was. A lot of that, a lot of the time that's related to what the thing that they wanted to be coached on but if they don't have anything then we'll talk about kind of what that what was the thing they struggled with this week and then I also like to touch on what their big win or success was um because even if it feels like a tough week we all have those things that we really need to take the time to celebrate because we do we all do hard things on a regular basis oh well that sounds really lovely and very wholesome so (laughs) yeah it does sound very it sounds like um like you're creating a safe space for folks to talk about the hard things uh, yeah, yeah really it's absolutely like a lot of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it's creating that safe space for growth um, mm-hmm. to that next level version of who you want to be. Yeah, yeah, 
Very cool. So I think when we were, when we spoke, I want to say a week ago, I think it was a week ago that we Yeah, that sounds right. To prep. Um, you, you had suggested that maybe we talk about New Year's resolutions because I said I'm not really someone who does resolutions normally. So, so if we, if this was like a legitimate meeting, how would we, where would we start? Would it say, would we go into what my goals might be or how does this yeah, well, Let's do it. So tell me about any goals that you set for 2020. Um, or if you didn't set any, tell me more about that and why you did that. Um, so for 2020, I, I don't, I like hesitate to call it a goal, but one of the things I did try to work on, uh, what kind of tell myself that I wanted to do was I wanted to work out regularly um, in 2020. And so I remember the first week of January, I was like, okay, I'm just going to do like one thing for like two minutes and then just stop. Um, and it's been really great. Like I go to the gym five times a week now. So um, mm. overall, I, I would say that went pretty well. Um, and exercise and all of that was not really part of my life prior. So I feel like that went all right. That was probably the only thing in my mind I'm, I'm going to say that was like, no, this is like a 2020 thing. Even though the reason I hesitate around New Year's resolutions is because I'm like, I don't know why there's this one date that seems to be the the defining moment between like the me of the past and the me of the future is always really curious to me when everyone's like, oh, well, it's a new year's resolution. I'll put it off this thing that I want to start doing. I'm just going to put it off three months and just start in the new year. Um, do you want to say something about that? Yeah, let's, let's talk about that. I think you're absolutely right. Uh, January 1st at the beginning of any year is a completely arbitrary date. There is absolutely no reason why that is technically different from any other day other than it's the first day technically officially of the new year. <laughs> um, and I think though, for a lot of people, they love that fresh start, the clean slate feeling of it is a brand new year and anything could happen. And like we saw in 2020, sometimes that's not all good things. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I also like the idea of new year's resolutions because as a container for goals, you're saying that I am setting this goal generally or this resolution the way I want my life to be for the next year, as opposed to if you set a goal in October and you're like, I just want to do this. You have to set some other different kind of arbitrary date at the end of it. Or some people don't set an end goal then anyway, they'll just say in October, I want to exercise more. And so then they might start doing that, but probably next October, they're not going to remember they set that goal and they're not going to remember to check in and they won't have that kind of reflection point. So that's why it's nice to set new year's resolutions because you're going to know when next January 1st rolls around and you can have that nice reflection point. And since you're setting a goal on a larger scale, as opposed to saying in October, I want to start exercising by the end of the year, you don't have as much time to experiment, to maybe work up to the five days a week you were hoping to go to, to move from two minutes, maybe to 20 minutes every day. And so over the course of a year, though, you have enough time to make that progress, to take a vacation maybe, or a few days off and not feel like, like you completely lost momentum or stop making progress. So I totally agree that New Year's resolutions aren't for everyone. And in some ways they are completely arbitrary, but I think it is a really unique opportunity that a lot of people love to take advantage of. And so those are the people that I want to help. There are other people who will help you if you have just want coaching around a particular goal yeah. or um, other like other times of the year, maybe. Um, there's probably even like birthday coaches if you want to start on your birthday and make a complete change. I have a whole list of like a bunch of other really cool days during the year you can start <laughs> making changes. And I'm totally there for that too. But yeah. I think that New Year's resolutions are really cool and unique. 
Um, it's something that only happens once a year, but it does give everyone that fresh, clean start altogether. And so that's why I love them and helping people bring that perspective into the new year and the things that they want to create. And it sounds a little bit, correct me if I'm wrong, it sounds a little bit like also that one year is a long enough timeline to really give yourself the space to like build a new habit, change it and become accustomed to it and then evaluate because it's 365 days is a long time. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. It's, it's kind of like that not too long, not too short. Like Mm -hmm, we can, mm -hmm. we can imagine probably for the most part, what life is going to be like at the end of next year, um, at least in our own life and the things that we want to create. We may not know where coronavirus and the world outside is going to be, but we can imagine that I want to be working out or I want to have written a book or Mm -hmm. I want to have a better relationship with my partner. So those are the things that we can take ownership and control over, even when the outside world (laughs) seems a little crazy. Yeah. So it's like about those personal things that we can control on our own kind of um, devoid of external factors and other things that are completely like, you know, public health and safety, which is exactly out of our control. Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. And I like to say there's a fine line between like taking responsibility um, and letting go of the things you can't control because it can be a little bit tough to find that line. So I also like my history, my past career was as a professional organizer. So I know a lot of people at the beginning of the pandemic were really into organizing and cleaning everything out. And so they were taking ownership over their homes, but there were some outside circumstances like you couldn't drop off donations anywhere because they weren't accepting them. So you were able to make progress you just had to keep that bag for goodwill by the back door for a few extra weeks. Like, so there were things you could take responsibility over, but at the end of the day, there were some things we can't control. And that doesn't mean we can't celebrate the progress we've made. We just have to celebrate the progress that has been made and know maybe there's a little bit more we have to do. (laughs) I love that. Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Um, So you mentioned that you were also a certified weight loss coach. Yes. So how, I mean, maybe you can tell me more about that in a second, but also, um, I'm sure you're very aware about like, actually, I don't know if you're aware just because I'm aware of it. There's like this huge (laughs) YouTube community of people who are very into all these like, you know, these Chloe Ting challenges and like all sorts of these like timed, I don't even know what to call them programs. Um, And it's all about like this two week shred and this and that. And I remember earlier this year where like working out was not part of my life. I will watch those things and be like, oh my gosh, like people are somehow achieving these things in like two weeks but then when you actually learn more about health and nutrition you start getting to it you're like this is not realistic at all two weeks is nothing so what Mm -hmm. is your take on that well I think going back to new year's resolutions part of the reason I love them is because it is so long and so you get that time to decide what changes you want to make you have the opportunity to make those changes you have the opportunity to evaluate and reassess those changes and really integrate them into your life if they decide you're something, there's something that you want to continue on in the long term. Um, I definitely don't think that you can suddenly have a healthy life in two weeks. If you can get ripped in two weeks, you're probably not going to stay that way forever. And I actually think that part of the beauty in working towards our big goals is that it takes a long time sometimes. Sometimes we can get them done in a few months, but a lot of times it takes a year and sometimes even longer to really integrate them into our lives in a way that it's going to stay with us for years and years and years into yeah. the future. So it's that uh, sustainability element too, right? Yeah, exactly. And we don't want to miss out on that by thinking, oh yeah, I can lose 50 pounds in two weeks. Like even if you could, that's not going to be very good for your body. And you're not going to be learning the skills necessary to be able to maintain that in the long run or to take that skill of 
being okay with not eating the brownie at nine o'clock and processing urges and feeling your feelings and um, doing what you say you're going to do. You're not going to be able then to take those skills and apply them to other areas to reach mm -hmm. other goals. So I know sometimes it can feel like you've been doing this for a long time, but you really are building the fundamental skills you need to be able to achieve anything. And that is really powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. So it's about um, maybe tackling like one goal and learning the skills to cope with this one thing and then finding the way to build that into other things for the rest of your life. Yeah, I think that's a really powerful place to start. I don't make people choose just one thing, but I think if you do have a bigger thing, like I want to lose 50 pounds or I want to write a big book, um, just that's great. Just make progress on that. You don't necessarily need to have other goals that you're working on and you probably don't want to have too many big things. Yeah. So just being okay with simplifying and being okay with this is the year where I'm going to lose 50 pounds. And if that's the one big thing I do, then I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, do you find that a lot of clients that you work with have like multiple things that they're tackling? Is that more <clears throat> common than folks just going after like one or two things? It's really varied. There are some people who they want to have kind of a wide range of things that they really want to integrate into their life. And then there are the people who have they have one really big thing and then maybe a few small things. There are very few people who have like only one thing that they really want to work on. So most people come with at least a couple, but they're normally pretty varied in size. And I think that's totally okay. I know some people say you really just need to constrain to only one goal um, and that's okay. More power to them, but I think it's okay to be working on several things. You just, like I said, don't want to be working on several big all-encompassing things because yeah, yeah. we do have a limited amount of time and effort and energy, even if we are ultimately in control of all of that. Mm -hmm. um, and I know some people, like when they go really hard on building their business one week, they need to lessen up and they need to spend the next week um, reading if they want to read more. Maybe they can indulge more in that or learning to cook or exercising if that's a habit they want to integrate into their lives. So it can be actually really beautiful to have different things you're working on. So you can give yourself a little variation while you're still making progress on the things you really want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes a lot of sense. It's really fascinating to like hear how other people approach life because I think in my age group, there's like a few different kinds of personalities I see like my peers going through. I think there's a bunch of us who are like feeling very stuck in our careers or stuck in the the day-to-day -day of things and then there's a bunch of people who are parents and then there mm -hmm. are a bunch of people who are I guess kind of they try and separate themselves from what they do for a living you know and they're like the thing yeah. I do for, for money is just the thing I do for money and then there's all of me and I think watching all of that play out in a year like this where suddenly all the things we were doing for enjoyment um, we suddenly became not possible mm -hmm. um, so I'd be curious to hear any of your thoughts on those kinds of things. Yeah, I, I think it's definitely true. I mean, everyone falls into different categories in so many areas yeah. of life and everyone approaches life so differently and different things work for everyone. I think that's kind of the first lesson I learned when I was really diving into personal development, that just because something works for me doesn't mean it'll work for everyone. And just because someone says this should work for me doesn't mean it has to. And that's kind of where the beauty of the whole process comes in of getting to figure out what works for you. Um, so as a certified life coach, I have a lot of like overarching principles and theories and systems that I know everyone can fit into because I have so many tools I can give them without saying like, this is the way you need to structure your goal. Because ultimately it's not really about that. It's about working with you and giving you whatever tools it is you need to reach your goals, whether you want to separate yourself from your job or whether you have kids or whether you want to build a business and you integrate that really closely with you. Um, and I think no matter 
what category you fall into, it's really helpful to give us that space from our goals. Like we are not our goals, but we can use our goals to become more of the person that we want to be. And I think that's kind of when we can take full ownership and power of the things that we're creating and the things that we want to be creating in the future. And it's not just so we can write the book or so we can run the marathon or so we can spend more time with our kids maybe when we're not at our job. It's so that we can become the kind of person that we want to be, whether that's someone who's loving or compassionate or who has time to spend with their kids or who works 20 hours a day to build a business. Like if that's really what you want and the kind of person you want to be, then okay, but taking ownership of that and just acknowledging that that's what you want. Yeah, I um, something you just said really struck out to me, which is that we are not our goals. Yeah. Uh, and I think that was really powerful to like just hear you say, because I think like I'm in my late 20s and like, you know, I've been out of school for a while. I've also been working, not for a super long time, but I've been working since I was out of school. And so it's really hard to not think of just the next thing career-wise, at least for mm-hmm. me anyway. Um, it's always like, well, I've been here for a while. Oh, there's a promotion. Great. I got it. And then there's just another thing and another thing. And suddenly you're like, oh, it's been five years. I actually don't know that this is something I want anymore, but I also still don't know how to stop climbing this ladder that like majority of society um, would see as the correct or the logical path. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of ways you can kind of approach that. And one that I like to start with for all of my clients is really defining what it is that they want. Um, When you step away from what society says or what your job says, or even what you think maybe you should do, what are the things that keep coming up, that keep coming back to you? Where do you want to be at the end of next year on December 31st, 2021? If you could be anywhere in life, where would you want to be? And so it's from creating that vision of the future that you want that then we're able to start creating it. Because if we don't know where we're heading, we're never going to get there. Um, and what actually, it's a say- really... I don't want to cut you off, but I don't want to forget this thought either. What would okay, you say yeah, someone who's like right now, maybe like, I just don't know what I want. Like, I, I can't tell what I want in a year from now. I just know that I'm unhappy right now. What would you say? Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people are in that place of, okay. I don't know where I want to go. I just don't know. I, I know I don't want to be here at this okay, time. Okay. And so just acknowledging that is the first step. Okay. Being okay that you don't have a step-by-step life plan for the next 10 years is totally okay. You're probably the kind of person who doesn't want that. You see other people with it and you think you should have it, but if you don't have one, that's okay. It's starting to be aware then in other areas of your life. Hmm, I really like writing. This is really enjoyable. Ooh, I really like cooking. I really don't like running. I don't like this group of friends I'm spending a lot of time with. I actually do enjoy my job. I thought I didn't, but as I'm becoming more aware, there are things here that I really do like. There are parts I don't, but maybe I can live with those. And it's from that place of awareness then that we can start to build this idea of where we might want to go. It doesn't have to be where we end up, mm-hmm. but by opening that door to, hmm, here's a possibility. Hmm, maybe I can try that. Then we can begin to create that idea of the future. And so there are lots of exercises we can go to to kind of create that idea of where we want to go. But just, I think it starts with that possibility and the awareness of where we are and why we don't want to be here at this mm-hmm. time next year. So it takes a lot of curiosity and awareness, it sounds like. Yeah, I think that's a big part of the whole journey. And we have to start from that place in order to be able to get where we want to go, no matter where that may be. Yeah, yeah. Um, I know I definitely like, you know, like you said earlier, we're all in our own journeys and we're Mm -hmm. all doing our own things. And, you know, no one path is the path. Like everyone has their own thing. Um, And I 
also being at this age of kind of just life changes, the work, the career, the families, and seeing how some people are, like, I know I have friends who I've slowly pulled back from a bit because I sense that they're a bit envious or mm. they're doing that competitive thing or like, of like comparing where they are to where someone else is. And the, you know, when they hear someone so-and-so got engaged or got married, they're like a little bit salty about it, (laughs) to put it very bluntly. And so in regards to like those people, I have also like maybe taken a few steps back to be like, "Mm, if it's making you upset to hear maybe things that are making me happy, then I'm maybe this is, you know, I don't feel super comfortable sharing anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, But then I also, when I think more about, you know, some of my friends who are kind of struggling with that, I'm like, oh, you just like, to me, like I go to therapy, I'm like, I'm trying to learn to be very self-aware and be curious and be playful and all of those things. But it makes me really sad for the folks who maybe don't want to open that door yet. Yeah. Is there anything you could say to folks who are in that space? Yeah, I think the first of all, if you see that in other people, the first part is just to own that we can't create the things that they think or feel. Ultimately, we can't even influence the things that they think and feel. That's something that they are in control over. But we can try to come alongside them and provide any support that they need. If they're in going through a hard part, a hard point in their life, that might be with why they feel jealous or envious of someone else who has the love and support that they need. So we can be open and willing to come alongside them and provide that for them if that's what they need. Maybe they just want to be salty and a little bit sassy and they just want to be jealous. And that's okay too. We just then have to decide, is that something I want to be around? Is that something I want to be part of? And if not, then that's okay too. You can take that step away, that step back, and maybe you can re-engage more in the future or you don't have to. Um, We can take ownership then of the things that we're thinking and feeling to create the life that we want. And maybe those people aren't going to be part of it, but maybe they are. Mm -hmm. Um, I mean, if you want to, you can suggest that they go to therapy or find a coach if you feel like you're in that kind of a relationship with them. And if you think that's the support that they need, but if they don't, then you don't want to feel bad about that. You just have to own that they're creating their life, the things that they want to, that are important to them. And if being salty is part of that, then you just get to decide if you want to be part of that. (laughs) That was a very diplomatic, nice way of uh, (laughs) answering that question. I'm curious though, because I'm assuming we are pretty close in age, uh, you and I. So I'm curious if as um, you've transitioned into becoming a life coach and learning all these tools to then support other people, how has, if any, has that changed, like any of your own relationships with people around you? Absolutely. I think it really, as you start to make progress on your big goals, and I've seen this in the lives of my clients too, there are the people who are going to be there who support you no matter what, and who are so excited when you check those things off your bucket list, or when you get your, your award or whatever it might be. Um, kind of like when you cross the finish line of that marathon, it's those people who are going to be there cheering for you and supporting you. And then there are going to be the people who are a little bitter or a little envious or a little jealous, or who maybe they try to undermine you like, oh, you can stay out and have another drink with us. You don't need to go home and sleep for the marathon tomorrow. So it's another perfect area to bring that awareness and that curiosity to. We don't have to judge those other people. We don't have to dislike those other people, but we can be aware of the things that they're bringing into our lives, the things that they're contributing, and whether or not that's something that we want to allow to continue. Um, And then Maybe we can build more of those beautiful friendships of the people that we want to support wholeheartedly and who are wholeheartedly going to support us. Um, Brene Brown has that idea of the only people she listens to are the people who are in the arena getting their butts kicked with her. And so we can kind of bring that into whatever area of our life we're working on. Like we can only really accept insight and support 
from those people who we know are putting in the effort in their own lives too. And we don't have to listen to everyone else. Even if they're there, we can distance ourselves if that's what we want. And a lot of times that's what we do want when we start making progress and we see that other people are either holding us back or undermining the progress we're making. It's okay to let those people go. And what kind of advice would you give to someone who's like, I need to maybe break away from this relationship? I know this is, I don't know if this falls under life coaching, but is that a kind of goal that people come up to you with being like, I need to get out of X, Y, Z relationship or dynamic? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, whether it's making friends, ending relationships, it's all, it can all (laughs) fall under the category of goals. Um, So it's, it's an interesting perspective and position because we do want to be in complete ownership of the things that we are thinking and feeling. Mm -hmm. So from that position, if you have intentionally decided that this is a relationship that you no longer want to be a part of, it's kind of a a matter of assessing and deciding, is this a person or a situation where you want to confront and say, you are doing XYZ things or saying XYZ things or acting in such a way that I have decided to end this relationship, whatever that may look like for you. Maybe it means you're completely cutting the person out of your life. You're blocking them, um, whatever it may be. Maybe you're just going to avoid texting them on weekends. Like, I don't know. And so you can either decide to confront them about it or not. Maybe you just decide you're going to let it slip away. But you have to keep in mind that no matter which way you decide to go about it, however they react is going to be how they react. We have to let the humans be the humans, we like to say. They're going to do whatever they're going to do. And they can be mad at you. They can be upset. They can be hurt that you've decided to end this relationship and you have to be okay with that. Um, You have to be owning your decision and your power that this is intentionally what you decided. And if they're hurt, that's okay. They can be hurt. You can be sad about it too. Mm -hmm. It's all part of it, but that doesn't mean that you have to keep things the status quo. Yeah. So it sounds like this whole journey of setting goals and working towards achieving them is a lot about maybe getting away from the comfort of how a lot of us are raised, which is that you have to be conscientious conscientious of other people and other people's feelings and be really empathetic. And I think it is um, like, I think as a child, like, you know, our parents teach us to be, think of other people, but then as you grow up, you're like, oh, well, there was a line between thinking too much about someone else to the point that actually it's debilitating to me. Uh, Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. And that's what we call about, call people pleasing, right? And people pleasing we, to say it very bluntly, we like to say that people pleasing is lying because it's causing you to show up. You're showing up as your inauthentic self. So you are doing something that you don't want to do. And so people aren't even having a relationship with the real you. They're having a relationship Mm -hmm. with this false version of you that is probably on the inside, really angry and bitter and resentful at these people. And the things that you were doing because they asked you to, that you really don't want to do. And while it's totally okay for them to be asking that, if you haven't set a boundary or you haven't decided I'm not going to people please anymore in this relationship. I want to show up authentically as myself. And once you begin to do that, you are giving people, other people, the opportunity to also show up authentically with you. And then when they do, you're okay with that because you know that they are. And even if sometimes that means kicking and fighting and screaming, mm-hmm. obviously no physical abuse of here. Course, of course. I, you know yeah. what I mean? Intellectually then that's okay because we have room for all of that here. And sometimes it's messy. Sometimes it's a little dark. But it's where the real beauty comes through when you are showing up authentically and other people are showing up authentically and you can begin to have that real relationship with each other instead of with some kind of false artifice that we have created of who we think we should be or who this person wants us to be or who we, who we have to be to get all these things done for someone else. Yeah, so it's a lot of like maybe pushing away notions that we might have been raised with or that just seem naturally accepted of like, 
um, I guess living unapologetically just requires that version of us, right? You have to be brave enough to go out there into the world and say your truth and stand by it, regardless of the feedback you receive. Oh, absolutely. It's deciding what you want. And yes. you can keep all of those things that you were raised with, all of those thoughts and yeah, ideas, yeah, yeah. as long as they're still serving you. Serving you. Yeah. 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 As long mean? as they're getting you the results that you want yeah. in your life. And if they're not, then we can be okay with letting them go because we're seeing that they're creating a life and ultimately a future then that you don't want anymore. So can you, I know different therapists and people like yourself have maybe different versions of what serving you or serving us means. Can you talk a bit more about that? That phrase of what does it mean to say something it serves me or doesn't serve me? Yeah, absolutely. So this is something that I like to work with my clients and we break it down in pretty much every situation to see this is what you're doing and thinking and feeling. Um, and this is the thing that it's creating for you in your life. So it, it's pretty nuanced and we can get down into yeah. the, to the weeds here, but it's whatever things that you are creating in your life. So we have the things that just exist in the world outside of us, kind of the neutral facts of the world. And then we have the things that they, we make it mean about ourselves, our thoughts about what's happening in the world. And so it's from our thoughts that ultimately we get the things that we're creating in, in the world. And so that's why these thoughts that we've been raised with about the world or about the way the world works or about how we should show up in relationships with other people, those things ultimately show up in the things that we're creating in the world um, through our feelings and our actions, the way we interact with others, the things that we check off our to-do list, even the goals we set often come back to those thoughts that we have, whether they're intentional or unintentional and whether they're things that we were raised with or things that we have kind of developed along the way, they can all be serving us, but oftentimes they're not. And so it's worth that extra awareness that we talked about and that intentionality to decide and assess, is this something that I want to be creating in the world, whether through the way I'm showing up or a goal um, or the way I'm going about achieving it, or is it not? Wow. That's pretty incredible. And I feel like that takes a lot of work from just anyone who even feels ready to engage in this kind of work. I, I mean, I'm not going to tell you it's easy. It's not a piece yeah. of cake, but that's why so many people need coaches and therapists and other people to come alongside them in the journey. And that's why I think we all should have someone like that, even if it's just a friend that we confide in, yeah. who we can be, have that real vulnerable and honest relationship with and say, this is what I'm struggling with. I, I've always thought this my whole life, but I realize that it means I'm showing up inauthentically, or it means that I can't make progress on this goal because I think that I need to spend all day with my kids, but I really want to be building a business too. But I think that if I do that, then I'm not going to be a good mom, like stuff like that, that we as a society or individuals have really ingrained in our mind. Um, and just beginning to question that, to play with the idea. Maybe, maybe you can be a great mom and a business owner. Mm -hmm. Maybe there are people who are great moms and business owners. Can you think of how that might be true? Can you see examples of where that's true? What would it be like if you could do both? What would your life be like? Mm -hmm. Just beginning to have fun and play with these ideas and question whether or not they really are true. And then we can play it out to whether or not they're actually serving us. This is really awesome. I think this is great. And I'm uh, so what was it that made you want to go into life coaching in general? Well, it was one of those real and vulnerable and authentic relationships. I had a friend who came to me and she said, I am struggling with all these things in my life. I have too many things on my plate and I need help getting them under control. And so kind of without meaning to, I stepped into that role of, okay, what are the goals you have? What do we need to do to work into those goals? What are the beliefs that are no longer serving you? Um, 
And so it was kind of from that, that I began to delve more into life coaching. I'd always been pretty into personal development. So I had a lot of tools in my tool belt and I just kind of began to expand that and to follow other life coaches and through helping my friend and then kind of more and more people, I realized that, okay, this is a career. This is what I want to do. And so then I went and got certified and now I've just been able to help so many people to set those big goals and reach them and to do all of this work that we've been talking about all along the way. And as you can see, like, this is why sometimes the process takes a whole year of intentional work and effort because (laughs) there's a lot here. I mean, I mean, I imagine it could take even longer than that, depending on the size of the goal. And also like, I think personally, like, I think I'm someone who's pretty motivated when I commit to something I generally commit, but I also know, like, there are other things that I've like had a fleeting thought about wanting to do and then never picked up again, because it just seems too monumental. Like, of like, where do I even begin? And I think it's that whole process of like, no, let's slow it down. Let's break it down into little pieces of like, what are the things I need to do today to get to that next step? And I think it's, just, um, I don't know, it's a skill like I've only become aware of in the last few years, maybe. And it's, I'm not sure why that is. I'm not sure why more of us don't realize that to tackle big things, you need to start with the small steps. I think it's, it's actually taking the effort to do the small things. And I think a lot of us have the fear of, even if we take all this small action, maybe we won't get there. Maybe we won't still hit that big goal. And I think by thinking that we're discounting all of the growth that comes in the whole process. We say like, none of that matters if I don't end up with a finished book uh, that's a number one New York Times bestseller. Like, but what if it isn't about that? What if it's about the discipline of sitting down every day for a year to write a thousand, maybe not so great words to have a finished book that you can self-publish or maybe even sell to a publisher that one day you might be able to go into Barnes and Noble and see on the shelf. Like, what if it's about each of those steps along the way and how you show up in each of those steps and the result you're creating in each of those steps to ultimately maybe hit the big goal you want. But even if you don't, what if that's okay? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's super powerful to to everyone. It's almost a liberating feeling to be like, oh, so my life is really not about that big thing that I hope to achieve. It's about all the changes and growth I'm experiencing in these little small doses every day and the difference like, you know, the, the way I'm thinking is changing, the way I'm approaching things are changing, so. Exactly, because we can't think of any famous person who did like one big great thing and then they never did anything great ever again. Like, once you hit this goal, you're probably gonna go work on another goal, but yeah. that's okay because you get to take all the stuff that you've learned along with you and the next one's probably gonna be a little bit easier. Yeah, I can also see though for, for like, for somehow this could be really scary. Oh yeah. Um, what would you say to someone who was fearful about starting this journey? I think it's okay to be afraid. I have a lot of people who they'll sign up to work with me and then they'll send me an email and be like, okay, I just set my goals and I'm terrified. And that too is part of the process. Like that is why a lot of people need those people to support them all along the way because they set the goal and they get scared and they think that means, oh no, I did something wrong. I need to give up. Mm. But it's just your brain's way of telling you saying, okay, this is something new. We haven't done this before. This is uncharted territory. It's like the caveman leaving the cave, doing something new and unexpected. Your brain might be a little bit worried, but that's okay. It's just the first step of the process. And then you're probably going to be scared all along the way. But when you start making it mean, okay, this is just what we're doing now. We're going to be a little afraid and we're going to do it anyway. That's when you can start to make real progress. That's amazing. Is there anything else you'd like to talk about or share while we have this time? 
I think it would just be to do it, whatever that may look like for you, whether you need to start with that dreaming phase of what do I want my life to be like, just starting to crack open the edges of that awareness about the life you're living and the life that you might want to be living in the future, or whether it's to write down your resolution, you are 42% more likely to keep a goal if you write it down. So if you just need to write down your goal, if that's your next step, then do that. Um, if it's to start working with a coach or a therapist or engage a friend, bring a friend alongside you to help you along your journey and say, maybe these are the things I'm struggling with. What do I do next? Then do that. If you just need to like put the finishing touches on your book, then do that. Like no matter where you are at the journey, it's all about the little steps we take along the way. And so just taking that first next step, often, like you said, builds the momentum to keep going. Mm -hmm. Well, Carly, it's been so nice talking to you. I actually enjoyed this way more than I thought I would. I was a little bit, oh, good. I was, I don't know why I had a little bit of anxiety preparing for it. And I was like, oh my gosh, like, I don't know anything about this. What are we going to talk about? But I think it's actually gone really well. Um, well, it's been a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Um, well, uh, do you want to let everyone know where they can find you? Yeah. So I'm, uh, my website is carlytisano.com and I'm on social media. Instagram is mainly where I hang out also at Carly Tizano and that's C-A-R-L-Y-T-I-Z-Z-A-N-O. And it'll be in the show notes as well. So oh, folks can find you. you nice and easily. Thanks again so much for coming on. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Cassie. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Corner of the Universe. I hope that this episode gave you something to consider as we go into the new year. I hope you're well, stay safe, be kind.